Hello and welcome to another episode of The Wannabe Entrepreneur, the podcast about what's really like to bootstrap a company. Today we are interviewing Mark, aka the Judo Hacker, which I will definitely be asking about uh, about this uh, handle. It's really cool. Welcome, Mark. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me, Tiago. No, it's definitely my pleasure and I think uh, uh, all the wannabe entrepreneurs will learn a lot from uh, your experience. We were just talking off record and Mark told me that he's an entrepreneur for uh, more than 11 years. So a seasoned entrepreneur had uh, a lot of uh, failures and also some successes, which is the normal uh, life of an entrepreneur. <laughs> uh, and today we will be mostly speaking about his journey and about uh, his uh, journey, particularly building a power importer. Uh, really cool tool that uh, Mark will be describing to us, what it does and uh, how it came to be. So super excited to speak about it. I think I first heard from uh, from you, Mark, uh, from in my interview with Anthony from Indie Worldwide. He did mention you in, during the interview. I don't know if you heard it. Oh, really? Uh, I, did, yeah. I didn't hear that episode. <laughs> yeah, it, it was very brief, um, but uh, I remember he mentioning your... Um, judo hacker your handle okay so yeah welcome super excited to have a chat with you and uh, to kick things off i would love to ask you to introduce yourself to the listeners who is mark sure well as you said uh i started my indie hacking journey like over 11 years ago i at first i tried to do it while having a full-time job i was a software engineer for many years and I, I just, it didn't work for me. Like I never had yeah. the energy to do it. And I've made all the same mistakes everyone makes at the beginning. So nothing was getting traction. It's even more discouraging because you have no energy and no traction. So I decided to bite the bullet. I had enough savings to give myself like two years to start something. So I quit my job and I, I started building products. Cool. It's like me. I have a similar, similar. Um, yeah, exactly. Journey. And so I was very lucky that the first product I created was successful. So then I was able to just concentrate on my lifestyle, that which was my goal. Like I wanted to spend more time with my kids and my wife. So we were able to travel during the summer when you, when they were not at school. And, uh, and I would just indie hack while they were at school. And yeah, it was great. Uh, then I tried uh, building other things and almost all of them failed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but this most recent one is, is a success finally. <laughs> and that's Power Importer. So it's a, a no-code data syncing tool for Webflow and Airtable. How I got the idea was that I had a friend that was trying to build a website on Webflow. And he was encountering all these problems like how how am I going to structure the data in web in Webflow, right? Like, because he wanted to have photos that were taken with different cameras and different lenses, so he could compare, and then does it would all be affiliate revenue, like when you mm -hmm. go and buy the camera, the lens. But he just couldn't figure out how to do the data structure. So I said, hey, you know what? I'll I'll look at it and I'll I'll build it for you, like just the the CMS. And then I encountered like how hard it was to like to to build the structure, but then actually put data in it and maintain it. So whenever photographers sent them new photos, like it was, it was impossible to like import it or update it once it was already in. So then I wrote him, I wrote a script for him so that he could manage it all with a CSV file. And, uh, and then I, I said, well, he must not be the only one that has this problem. So <laughs> I went on a, a no code Slack channel and I asked like, would anybody else need this? And a bunch of people were like, hell yes, like totally need this. So I started talking to talking to them. So scheduling calls. This was all uh, like in the summer of 2020. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like from talking with them, I realized that most of them, they, they liked this idea of the CSV file, but their data was actually in Airtable. So like they were going to export it as CSV and then import it in Webflow. So then I thought, well, I'll just sync directly from Airtable to Webflow. 
and and yeah my, my from those conversations with those mm -hmm. designers like um i was able to iterate quite a few times to make sure that the tool did exactly what they needed and i encountered different use cases that i hadn't foreseen with my friend's project uh so then i think after two months i had something that i was pretty confident with and i started charging for it and yeah it's been growing every month ever since so you said that um, you couldn't do both um and I, I I totally understand what what you what you mentioned because for me it's the same. I either focus one hundred percent in one or the other. It, it would be really hard to have my full time job and then a side gig, and and it's been really hard uh, for me. Uh, even though a lot of people tell me that that's what I should do because of course that only focusing on your project, especially when they don't make money, has a big uh, um, psychological toll. <laughs> right. Um, Tell, tell me more about this. Why why couldn't you manage doing uh, doing both? Well, the the job itself was was demanding. Like you know, if you do the you know the forty hours at work and yeah. with with commute, it was fifty hours. And I had two young kids at home, so you know, I get home, um, I got to help with the kids, uh, spend time with them. Uh, so during weekdays, it, I couldn't really get anything done. So, but yeah. then on the weekends, like you know. My wife and kids wanted want to do things like let's exactly. go let's go out and see friends or go to the park or so it was really hard to find some time when you can really do some deep work mm -hmm. and honestly like i just didn't have the energy for it so wh why do you think people recommend this well i mean if if you don't have young kids uh you know if you're like a single and young and you're full of energy it may it makes sense like because now you you, you still have revenue from your job True, and yeah. you can take your time take your time with the side project i think that having a project it becomes uh, it's more than a full-time job isn't it to, to do to do a side project because you end up working more than 40 hours right and i don't yeah. know if you you felt this when you when i switch from my job to my startup the idea is to have a, a great lifestyle but at least in the first years is actually the opposite, right? You end up working more, getting paid less, uh, you have more stress. Uh, so why? why? Why did you decide to, or why did you want to, to, to follow this dream of becoming your own boss? Well, um, with when I first started, um, it was a success though. I did have the lifestyle that I wanted. Like I did not work that much. I had a working MVP in a month and, uh, and like I said, I had savings, so I had I gave myself like a two-year runway. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't in a rush to monetize it, so I was able to let it grow organically for free. And then after a year, I started, I put AdSense on it, so I started getting some ad revenue. And then I created a premium membership, so I added extra features to it that were only available to premium members. Mm -hmm. And and then that's it. Then Then the revenue really extended my runway, and I didn't have to worry about the money oh. but it's, it's it's okay you you had some savings and i also had some savings and i think for every, anyone that wants to to quit their job to focus 100 in their side projects they need savings right I, I mean they need to have a source of income or saving something because it will take some time for them to be able to make a, a salary yeah uh, but didn't wasn't it nerve-wracking for you to know that you're also somehow cutting down on your savings um, because you know you you could have used them to invest uh, into real estate or whatever, but instead you are investing in yourself. I saw it exactly as you as you put it. it. It was I was investing in myself. So I was like, you know, if let's say some a lot of people like quit their jobs and go back to school, right? And you know, and if they're going to like a, an American school, like they're they're going to be getting huge debt to to get this new degree, mm -hmm. but. They see it as they're investing in themselves, and eventually they'll make more money in the future, and it will pay off the debt, and they'll be better off. That that's how I saw it. I said, "Listen, like I'm willing to spend this much money on myself. Um, I have two years. If 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 I spend it all, and at the end of two years I don't have something that's bringing enough revenue to pay the bills, mm -hmm. well, I'll just go back to working. Like, you know, I." 
you know, I was a software engineer. It's pretty easy to find a job. So I was like, there's no stress. I'll find another job. How did you tell this to the other to the other people, to, to your wife, friends, family? Uh, was it easy for them as well to comprehend that you were taking time for your own uh, education or quote-unquote integration, investing in yourself instead of, uh, you know, collecting money? Right. <laughs> um, my, my wife was super supportive, so that, that was very easy. Uh, but yeah, friends and family was not so easy. Like, it, it seems like when you do this, you're sort of like judging their lifestyle or and their life decisions, right? It's like they're just saying, well, what's wrong with having a good job? And like, you think you're better than us? Like, what, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was very hard. And especially since when it started, when I started having success and I was like, you know, I had designed the lifestyle that I wanted, um, then people were didn't like Jealous. to see that yeah they didn't like to see that on facebook and instagram <laughs> really yeah but how would they react would they you know unfriend you or something no no but i'd get some like passive aggressive comments like well not everyone can do this and i never thought that that would be the problem actually for me so so I would be happy to to succeed and have some some haters i think there's always haters and that's kind of their problem <laughs> For me, the problem is mostly kind of the opposite is not succeeding is like explaining to others and seeing the others working. I have a lot of friends that are also software engineers, and I believe that you must as well. Uh, and seeing them making a good salary and then looking at my own, uh, you know, I don't even call it a salary, but my MRR and thinking, okay. How do I even explain that I'm now spending so much time in something that is bringing so little money? You, you have to reframe it. It's like that's not what you're doing. You're you're investing this money in yourself to learn how to become an entrepreneur. Like this is an education. Mm -hmm. So this was never an issue for you. Not having a job, not making money for two years. You were living out of your savings, and uh, you were able to still relax and uh, not think too much about the monetary aspect of it. Yeah, and I did. I mean, I. I, it is true that during those two years, I did take on two contracts, uh, so freelancing contracts. Mm -hmm. But but I wasn't looking for it. They really just fell on my lap. Like a next coworker called me and said, "Hey, you're not working now. <laughs> you know, can you help us out for a few months?" And that was really good money. So that extended the runway, and I was like, "Sure, I'll do it." Mm. And then another one landed on my lap that I wasn't looking for, and I said, "Sure, except." There's a hard deadline. I have to end in June because then the kids are out of school and I'm I'm leaving for yeah. the summer. <laughs> so so that so, that helped. So, but uh, but even without that, like before I got those, I was not worried. Like because it's in my eyes, it was just two years. I, you know, it's like going back to school for two years. Uh, future employers will. I, I was convinced. Like I it would not be a problem like with, with my right. work experience taking two years to, to build something yourself like that's you know that you learn so much when you're building something by yourself that mm -hmm. i wouldn't want to work for an employer that doesn't see the value in that right but so when you go to school for instance they there's kind of you know people that took time to create a course for you and they give you certain assurance that you'll be learning the right things right so in those two years, you know that you'll definitely accomplish something. But in this case, even if you consider that you're learning how to be an entrepreneur, I mean, you're lear learning by yourself. And uh, there's many ways to be an entrepreneur. How do you even know that you're learning the right things? Well, I mean, you're, I mean, as a software engineer, like I'm, the businesses that I'm starting are, are all software based. So like I'm building stuff. So I, right. it's all stuff that can go on my CV, right? Like I, I, I built a, a site that had this much traffic, that had this many transactions, that was using this technology. Like that, that, that's all, that mm -hmm. all looks very good on a software engineer's right. resume. So is this something that you do, kind of uh, write down or update your resume as you, as you uh, went? No, not, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I consider myself unemployable now. 
Like I could never go back to a job. Why? <laughs> yeah, because I I love the freedom. Like the like I've designed this lifestyle that I that I love, and I'm following my passions. And okay, not because of the skills, more because you wouldn't fit there, right? No, that's right. That's right. Yeah. It's but then that that's also something that uh, worries worries me a little bit. That is. Um, imagine that after two years you wouldn't have made it, right? You wouldn't have uh, enough money to to leave. You would need to go back to job, right? So, yes. how how what would be the impact of that? I don't I don't think it would have been an impact. Like, I, well, at least I didn't believe so. So that that's why I wasn't worried. I was I was very confident that I could find a job again. Even even my previous employer that I left would have yeah. gladly taken me back. Right, but then you kind of would lose the freedom that you built, right? Like, it, would it be easy for you to readapt? Uh, yeah, no, exactly. That that would have been hard. Mm. It, but that was like a, the worst case scenario, right? Like, you got you to gotta take yeah. bets, right? It's like, yeah, I'll, I, I play poker. So, you know, like sometimes the pot gets really big. And so, uh -huh. oh, you know, I'm willing to, to risk this much, this much to make mm -hmm. it to, to a showdown because... The pot is big enough to justify the risk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the same thing for this. It was like this. The if this is successful, like it's totally worth it. Worst case scenario, like I just get a job again. So, you know, like I don't lose my house. Mm -hmm. I don't. Uh, my wife's not going to divorce me. Like it's, the worst yeah. case scenario was not that bad. Right. And uh, would you consider it a fa failure? No, <laughs> it was a, <laughs> it was a success. Yeah, I think that's definitely the healthy mindset to have. I envy you for for being able to have to have such a mindset because for me it's really it's really hard to be so chill about it. Really? So, yeah, <laughs> really cool. But um, I mean, so, sorry, like how how old are you? I'm at twenty nine. Okay, so you've been a software engineer for for like six it was six years. Yeah. Okay, six years. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I. I I think you you wouldn't have a a hard time finding a job again. No, no, yeah, I don't think that the, the finding a job would be hard. Um, I, I think what what troubles me the more is the the other aspects, like going back to a job after you know tasting the freedom, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and also yeah, this uh, feeling of that that I kind of failed a little bit. I think those were the main reasons. I also don't think that finding a job per se would be would be hard but i'm afraid that i would be always thinking okay i failed and now i'm you know paying the the consequences of you know <laughs> having it i don't know it's yeah. uh, some stuff that comes through my mind <laughs> sure but no i mean you you would survive though right yeah it would yeah you might feel yeah. awkward you might feel ashamed uh but then you, there's no reason why you couldn't work for five ten years and then try again later like, true yeah one other aspect of the entrepreneur life uh, is that you, especially if you're a solo founder, um, you feel kind of alone, right? You are the only one taking the decisions, working. Um, how did you cope with that? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very introverted, so okay. it it, wa Lucky. it wasn't it, yeah, it wasn't <laughs> a huge problem. Like for, for quite a few years, I was very content that, yeah, I, I mean, I have friends outside of uh, outside of work, so mm -hmm. you know, so I could still see those friends, and so I was getting an, enough socializing. But I have to admit, though, like maybe after three years, four years, then I started feeling a bit lonely. Like there's, like mm -hmm. there's no one that I can talk to about these problems that I encounter as an yeah. indie hacker, right? Like, like dealing with customer support or dealing with scaling or dealing with marketing like nobody understood how do you fix that that's a good question i still i still feel lonely sometimes <laughs> <laughs> but in the past few years it's been so much better like since covid now like a lot of communities are online yeah so like yeah there's indie worldwide and uh and on WB twitter space yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> It's a great place. Check it out. <laughs> <laughs> so is that enough for you? Uh, virtual friends? Um, yeah, I think it is. Because because I have plenty of in real life right. friends. Right. Like I, I do judo, which is why 
my handle is ah, judo hacker. <laughs> yes, <laughs> finally. Yeah, <laughs> really, so, really, it's because you do judo. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so you know that is a great sense of community in that right. in that dojo. So I have all those friends. I play poker, so there's a lot of friends through poker. Uh, so it's then, important to have other hobbies that you don't want to monetize, right? <laughs> well, yeah, poker it, you kind of want to monetize. But. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. I mean, those that those are the passions I was talking about. Like, you know, what do you want to do? Like, when you're not working, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's not when you have this freedom. Like, you know, I can I can do judo in the middle of the day. And, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's that's really important um, to somehow keep hobbies that are outside of the entrepreneurial world and. And that would help you because otherwise it might feel that your project is kind of your whole life and uh, it's connected with you, right? So one thing that is, I think it's really important to distinguish is uh, the project and yourself, right? So quite often I feel that if my project fails, I fail personally, but right. that's completely wrong. Yeah, it, that is hard. And I, and I have to admit, at the beginning of my journey, I did not build in public. And that was one of the reasons why. Like, I was, you know what? I'd rather fail privately. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then I had this idea that I just wanted these products that made passive revenue and I would just live my, life, my lifestyle and uh, not have to be in the public eye. Right, right. But, uh, but the problem with that is that it's very lonely. Mm-hmm. So that's why now I, I, I build in public and I've made some really good online friends through it. And it's also a great way to do marketing, which is yeah. <laughs> uh, really hard for us bootstrappers. And if you get to to somehow share your journey, you, you also end up building an audience. Yeah. I mean, building in public is, is like the perfect way to market as an engineer. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's perfect. You just have to... People just want to like ride along and see see what you're doing like mm -hmm. it's like well how you know how did he build this this online community yeah. and how did he build this this slack bot like people are really they're just curious yeah. they, you know <laughs> like people watch reality tv for the same reason like you just want to chill and watch other people like deal with problems <laughs> so how do you build in public uh, what are your uh, techniques what is it, it do you only use twitter for that yeah, it's mostly Twitter. Like I, I sometimes will post in like indie hackers or these different Slack channels that I'm part of, if it's relevant. Like if, if I think some people there might find it interesting what I'm building or what mm -hmm. I'm with the problem that I'm facing. But uh, it's mostly Twitter, right? And what kind of content do 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 you share? Do you share your problems? Do you share okay things more technical? Like okay, I'm having this bug and I cannot fix it, or are more uh, business related uh, uh yeah tweet. it's i definitely don't do like the 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 threads the thought threads or like it's mostly it's mostly like just showing you what what i'm working on right now so like hey i i you know i added my email address to the footer of the website mm -hmm. uh so now now i'm getting more customer feedback uh which is a good thing and a bad thing because i'm i'm trying to get work done yeah <laughs> you know I, and uh or I'm trying to to build this new importer for Power Importer. Uh, does anybody else? Would anybody else need this? But it's mostly like you know, tweeting about the decision making before you build the thing, tweeting mm -hmm. while you're building it, any problems that you're encountering, and then tweeting when it's done, and maybe a follow up tweet later, like with uh, the outcome. Like you know, if if it was an experiment, what's What's your insight? What the results of that experiment? I, I'm just ch checking here one of your tweets. It says, uh, I fucking hate DNS. <laughs> <laughs> and then afterwards, you say, Note to self for your next SaaS separated WWW and app subdomains on day one. <laughs> exactly. So that's a perfect example here. <laughs> yeah. And that's you it. Just, and I was yeah. quoting my own tweet from before where I was explaining. Oh, true. Yeah. Yeah. Right then. <laughs> I'm switching over the marketing yeah. site to its own domain. And Are you ha happy with your growth on Twitter? Yeah, I mean, in when I started Power Importer, so in 2020, I had like a hundred followers. Mm. 
and I never okay. used Twitter. Like I had created Twitter like in 2008, or 2009, yeah. so long ago, but I never used it. So from, I'd say from November, 2020, is that it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. From November, 2020 to now, like I've increased really? it tenfold. Yeah. That's crazy. And just by sharing your your content, your tweets, or or do you also like interact with others quite often? Like yeah, uh, I, I reply a lot to other people's tweets, mm -hmm. like just to start conversations. I mean, the the way I see Twitter is has really changed in in the past week, especially since I've had a an interview. Like we had a guest on our podcast, ah, Aaron, right? Yeah, that's right. And he's really changed my attitude about it. How so? so it, so it's not so much about like trying to get followers. It, you know, I've decided my goal is to make friends on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Like that's my goal because it, it's pretty lonely being an indie hacker. So right. I just want to be around other people that are building in public and cheer them on. And uh, and I figured the followers will will come automatically. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, but mostly like signups for power importer have gone up dramatically so because mm -hmm. in my bio like the first link is is the power importer right 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 yeah uh, yeah just people like whenever they you you tweet or reply or they go look check out your profile and they see mm -hmm. a link in your bio like you know i'm currently building this in public they click the link and they go check it out yeah and uh, i think it's a good bridge here for uh, for power importer so um, let's start with uh, the basics. Webflow. It's a it's a no code tool, right? Is it like a bubble? Um, no. Well, it's a visual website builder. Hmm. It abstracts the HTML and the CSS, so you don't right. you don't have to know any HTML and CSS. But basically, everything you can do in CSS, you can do with Webflow. Like it has controls for all of it. So you want to add margins, you just click on the margins and increase them. You want to add padding, change the color, change the font. So it's really popular with with designers. Hmm. Like some before, kind of WordPress somehow, is it? Yeah, sort of. But it's really about designing websites. Like it's really, it's mostly designers are using it. So design hmm. agencies and freelancers. You know, because before designers would design in, in Figma or Photoshop, and then you'd have a developer take that design and try to reproduce it pixel mm -hmm. perfect in HTML and CSS. Exactly. Well, like Webflow skips that step. It allows the designer to design in Webflow and generate the HTML and CSS. Mm, okay, got it. And, and then they have a CMS, so you can, you can store data, you can create the a database, a data structure, and put data in it, and then web then design a template for each table. Right. So let's say you're, you're creating a job board. You could have mm -hmm. a job, and you will have a template for displaying each job. So you get to design it, and it will just drop the data directly in the template as you're designing it. Sounds like a perfect tool for yeah, it does exactly no coders, right? But then the problem is, let's say you're building something that's data driven, so like a job mm -hmm. board. Um, how are you going to manage your jobs? Like, you know, like yeah. how are people going to submit new jobs? Uh, how are you going to sort the jobs? Or like, let's say you want to approve jobs before they appear on the site. That's where Webflow CMS comes sh like comes short. So, right. So a lot of people want to use Airtable as their backend. And if you're not familiar with Airtable, it's it's like a Google Sheet, except it's a lot more structured, like a database. Yeah. So you can have types for each column. So like this column only has images and it allows you to like upload the images directly into that mm -hmm. field. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I've I've uh, I've played a little bit with their Airtable. Um and I've made some integrations with Zapier. Uh but I'm still kind of a noob. And I've heard about um Webflow as well in one of uh, the interviews I had here with a no code developer. <laughs> okay. Uh but um, but yeah, definitely now I, I uh, know a little bit more uh, in detail. Uh, we just like covered it very generically in uh, our interview. So yeah, and, you... that's it. and the problem is that right now people have to use Zapier to try to s keep their Airtable and their Webflow CMS in sync, mm -hmm. and that is a nightmare. Like 
it's it's error prone it's complicated right um, if there's just one error like one zap that fails like all of a sudden you're out of sync and there's no way to like start all over because zapier is really event driven right so once the event has occurred like there's no way to like redo it mm-hmm. so that's why power importer is so popular it's because it 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 just it does all that logic of like making sure that the two stay in sync and if they when they go out of sync it's able to detect the difference and and you know right update them accordingly so taking the example of the job board right so i i want to um submit my job i sign a, a form this form is made through webflow or airtable well, I'd say the simplest way would be to use an Airtable form because that allows you to, to not have to do any Zapier or integrations. Right. So we so. use the Airtable form and then a Power Importer makes sure that this data that is now in Airtable is updated with uh, the Webflow website. Exactly. So that's it. it. So it makes sure that it appears in the Webflow mm-hmm. site. And... You know, in Airtable, you can create these views and different views can filter out things. Mm-hmm. So you could have where someone submits a form in Airtable, uh, it needs to be approved by an admin before it appears on Webflow. Mm-hmm. So then you could create a view that filters on a checkbox field. Like, you know, it needs to be checked in order to appear in this view. Right. And Power Importer will only sync it if it appears in the view. Mm-hmm. Got so it, it allows got it. you to have like a, you know, an approval process. So let's go through the the evolution of Power Importer. So you already told us a little bit about the story. You had um, a friend that had a problem. You solved it uh, creating Power Importer or creating a script, basically, that he could use that would um, manage the CSVs and convert them to to the Webflow. Then you, you kind of fig- realize that this might be a problem that some someone else might want it to be fixed, um, it was this something that someone alerted to that maybe this is a great tool and some others would be able to use it, or because you know this is already a, a kind of an entrepreneur mindset, which is building something and thinking, okay, how can I sell it? Um, is this something that you go and you do this often uh, with with your projects, thinking, okay, I built this, who would be interested? Yeah, I mean, I have I have my own set of criteria for what makes a good startup idea for for myself. And okay. So, so I, I'm looking for something that's demand driven. So customers are actively searching for a solution. So mm-hmm. you know, I don't I don't want to invent something like brand new, like robot vacuum, right? Right. When you you create a robot vacuum, the the first company that did, nobody was looking for robot vacuums even though it's yeah. a great invention no one's looking for it so you have to create this demand you have to create these marketing campaigns yeah, yeah, pr yeah. To, to show the world hey robot vacuums exist and this is why they're cool so i i don't want to i don't want to do that i don't want to create demand i want to find something where people are actually searching for a solution so in this case for power importer people are searching for you know how do i how do yeah. i sync a rich text field from Airtable to Webflow. Mm-hmm. How do you know and, if there's a demand for it? Yeah, I mean, you could use the keyword, you do keyword research, uh, you know, look on Stack Overflow, look on in forums to see if people are asking these questions. Right. So that, that's one way of doing it. Uh, so yeah, I quickly saw in Webflow forums that, yeah, there were a lot of these problems. Like people were constantly asking mm-hmm. these questions. How do I... Do it with Zapier. How do I do it with Integromat? And yeah, it's and in that case, it's very easy after that for me to just show up on the forum and say, "Well, this is how you could do it," or you could try Power Importer that just does it all for you, right? And, <laughs> and that's how I got all my first paying customers. So that's that was your uh, first marketing strategy. You just offered two solutions. One, the solution without Power Importer, and the other one is with Power Importer, and uh, most of them would just select yours, right? Yeah, exactly. And then if well, later on, when someone searches the forum to find 
that answer, like, you know, they see my, my yeah. answer and then it's like, well, I'm going to try out this power importer thing. <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah, my yeah. first criteria. Like it needs to be demand driven. Right. And it's, it, it's hard. It's hard to find a demand driven products because nowadays it seems that there's a solution for everything. <laughs> right. I, uh, I don't know. I, I keep seeing like problems all the time, like that, that don't have um, a good solution yet. Right. Right. But for people searching for it, because one thing is to find a problem. Another thing is to find a problem that a lot enough people are searching for a solution that will make it a business, right? Right. Uh, do you do you see a lot of those? Yeah, I mean, I'm in, I'm in the I'm in I'm in all these no code communities now, and I see it all the time. Like right, like the same. It's a problem. new market too, right? Yeah. No, exactly. And and there's not a lot of tools out there yet. Right, like there's starting to be mm. more and more tools, but uh, this kind of data syncing tool, like there's there's not many out, out there, and and I'm starting to branch out into all the other no code tools. Like right now, it's mostly Webflow and Airtable, but like I'm working on a Notion one, so soon you'll be able to sync Notion to Airtable or Webflow. Mm. So I'm solving the same problem, but for all these yeah. different niches, which That's is very smart. Huh? Very yeah, smart. Which is my other criteria when I. <laughs> trying to find a startup yeah, idea is that it needs to be niche because okay. then because then you you can easily target those keywords there's no competition and if it's mm. really niche you can really tailor your landing pages for that audience so when they right. land on the page it's like it just talks to them right like you're mm. a webflow designer and it you know it's showing you how to solve this problem for webflow designers mm. That makes total sense. What is the next uh, uh, criteria? The best one is B two B, because I've I've done a lot of B two C and yeah. it's so yeah, yeah. hard. <laughs> it is so hard. People are cheap. They don't want to pay. They, they will always prefer yeah. a free alternative. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, for me, I think it's B two C. It's always more sexier. You always feel that you can change the world, you know, and. And if you think about it, a lot of tools that are making tons of money, they are B2C, right? Uber or Airbnb, um, Facebook, whatever. Yeah. And we all, most of us, especially in the beginning, we have B2C ideas. But I'm always thinking that, and that's what I'm trying to do with indie offices. Man, I wish I, I had a B2B idea <laughs> because they just have more uh, more money. So is, is it really easier to make a B2B in comparison yeah. to a B2C? Absolutely, yeah. I'm never, I'm never going back to B two C. No, like uh, people that are looking for a solution to solve their problem in a niche, and they're, you know, they're willing to pay to fix it because they're a business. Like they're, right. they're either a design agency or they're a freelancer. Like they, they're willing to pay, and and they are already paying for Zapier to solve mm -hmm. the problem. So in this case, it's it's such an easy sell. Right. It's like here this is but there's probably a lot of there's probably a lot of bootstrappers also using this tool no yes uh, there are yeah there are a lot of founders like no yeah. code founders that are using this mm -hmm. like they're the ones that are building job boards and marketplaces right. so are there any more criteria i think this is really interesting so you so far we covered demand niche and b2b yeah and then for me it's 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 about like a founder product fit, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So like I, I know I'm like I like I said I'm introverted, so I do not want to start a business that is sales driven. Mm. Like like I I can't do sales, and I and I that sounds like a nightmare to like have to call people or cold DM people and try to sell them on your product. So I, I I'm looking more for like product driven. So like where the product sells itself, like people can. Once they've discovered the product, they're able to try it out themselves and they're able to make the decision themselves. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. I'm going to buy this. Yeah, so yeah. that's definitely... But yeah. I mean, this is somehow a byproduct of the, the first three, isn't it? Uh, if you have a, a demand, enough demand in the niche, uh, the product will sell itself if it's good enough, right? Um, yeah, but it depends. So if like, let's say you were selling something for enterprise, then mm -hmm. you know you, you have to do sales like 
the enterprise, you know, they want more handholding. There's more decision makers in the in the organization that you have to convince to use it. Mm-hmm. So you might have to do sales calls, uh, technical demos. Right. Okay. Like it's not a given that like it will always be product driven. Mm-hmm. But that's that's my criteria though. For me, it has to be product driven. You built these products for your friends. Then you did some kind of market research. You saw that there were a lot of people looking for it. Um, your next step, I guess, was to make this uh, this script uh, production ready so that you could be yeah. shared. In... <laughs> what 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 did you focus there? Like, what what was your uh, minimal viable features? I mean, when it was it was really to because it, at first it was a private beta, so I was talking to people before I was letting them in. And, mm-hmm. and it's just not like not a sales call, right? Like I already knew they're interested. That, you know, I know they have the problem; they want to solve it. But I just want to find out what their data looks like, because that was the biggest problem. Is like I have no idea what they're trying to sync. Right. You know, like I didn't know they were trying to build job boards and or like a, a blog or a, mm-hmm. these. So like by talking with them, I'm getting an idea of what their data is, and then I can actually see their data. And and then I was just building for them. Like, all right, so this will work for a job board. And then they would build, and then they come back to me. Oh, I'm, I'm missing this field. I need to be able to sync this type of field. All right, so I add it. And until until the problem was solved, all right, now move on to the next customer. Right. So in the beginning, uh, were they already paying? Uh, not during the private beta. So for like a for two three months, it was it was free, and I was just. Hmm. Kept kept updating it. How did you uh, kept in touch with uh, the first uh, customers? Did you create like a Slack channel or something? No, I did not do a Slack channel. Um, I'm not a fan of Slack. (laughs) (laughs) But but also like my lifestyle, like I don't want to be on call all the time. Mm -hmm. And I feel Slack, like you have have to be respondent. Like you have to respond quickly. So I how do you, per, was it I email? I much prefer email. Yeah, email yeah. Is, is what I prefer. Mm-hmm. Was it easy to to collect feedback from these first users? Were they very engaging in telling uh, what yeah. was missing? It was it was very easy. Like I, I, would, do, I would do video calls with them okay. and have them share their screen while they're using the tool. And it was, it was very easy. Like they were, they were very enthusiastic. Like this mm. was a hair on fire problem that it was... Yeah. Yeah. When did you notice that you have uh, hit the nail there? That you realize that, okay, this is something that might make some nice money and a good business? Well, all along, it felt easy. And and that, like, considering all the failures I've had, like, yeah. <laughs> where, where you feel like it's, it's hard, you have to convince people, you have to, oh... You, you convince yourself, oh, it's because there's missing features. That's why they're not interested. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I've felt that so many times before. Like and he, But here, it was easy. It was, mm. yes, I'll jump on a call with you. Yes, I'll share my screen. You know, yes, I'll, I'll give you the API keys to my Webflow and my Airtable. <laughs> like, you know, like, they were just, yes, 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 all the time. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and then after the private beta, when I... I, I was confident that I had something that was working yeah. for, for many use cases. Then I just did the Stripe integration and started charging right away and people were just signing up and paying for it. How did you advertise uh, the product once it was out of the private beta? I I just continued to do what I was doing, which was hanging out in the forums and answering people's questions. So, uh, and which forums were there? You said a Stack Overflow? Well, what else? mostly Webflow's forum. So Webflow has a very active forum, mm. and and that's where all the designers hang out, and that's where they, you know, they express their problems. Like, hey, I'm trying to do do this, or I'm trying to build that, or. And so it was always, it, it's always easy to answer that question with, and and to plug Power and Power at the same time without sounding like a spammer. Right. Yeah, that's what I was about to ask, because it's. <laughs> It feels that, um, I mean, there's a couple of people asking on how to connect their table uh, with the Webflow, but at some point you just answered all of them, right? Or were yeah. there always 
questions coming up every day? Well, no, there's not that many every day. So I check every day, and but if it's not every day that I find something that I can answer. But by now, like I've probably answered like over 200 questions. So the mm. power importer is all over the forums now. Like, <laughs> and if, you know, like, and traffic just keeps coming from from the forums. So that's your uh, main source of traffic, the forums. Yeah. Or S or is SEO as well? A good yeah, source? SEO. SEO, Twitter, and the forums. Like that's okay. pretty much all my traffic. Uh -huh. Have you tried uh, indie hackers? Uh, yeah, I've posted a few times in indie hackers. Um, I got a bit of traffic, but I think mm. almost no one signed up. Okay. Okay. And I've also been in, on Reddit a few times. Right. And it's the same thing. It's like people don't. I don't know. They don't. They. They're not, I guess they're not looking for a solution. Yeah, exactly. After the private beta, you started having uh, customers immediately. Yeah. How, how many? How was the growth? Oh, it was, it was great. It was like doubling every month. And, uh, wow. And now, like, not, it doesn't double every month, obviously, but it's yeah. still, still growing every month. So it's, I, I've definitely, I would say I found product market fit. Mm. Like the fact that it, it just grows easily. And your, your prices are also not uh, too crazy, right? So you have a free tier and then uh, your you have a business tier and the agency. Um, and the business tier is $25 uh, per month. Yeah. So how did you come up with the pricing? Yeah, that's a, that's a, it's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm actually reevaluating everything now. I, I think I'm going to be increasing my prices. Mm -hmm. But I, I wanted the price. I thought I thought the price needed to be cheaper than the Webflow uh, hosting costs, mm -hmm. and it needed to be cheaper than building it yourself in Zapier. So right. that's how I came with like the twenty five a month. That's if you pay yearly. If you pay monthly, it's twenty nine. Okay. So, but um, I think the fact that no one has ever told me it's too expensive and. Uh, mm -hmm. And people are converting on their own. Like I don't have to do sales or anything. I think I should increase the prices. <laughs> yeah, I actually have no idea how to come up with prices. I was doing the same also for indie offices and even for the community. Um, because uh, one thing that uh, I don't remember now who told me this, but we should always make the price based on the value it's creating and not uh, how much uh, it, it took us to build it, right? So Absolutely, uh, yeah. But it's it's always a, a very very hard. Um, oh, yeah. I mean it's it's pure guesswork. Like I, I'm I'm yeah. sorry if, if someone says that there's a science to it. Like <laughs> I don't think there yeah. is. I think it's you you look at, at around what the alternatives are. Like so you get an idea of what you know. I knew what how much my customers were paying on Webflow, how much they were spending right. on Airtable, um, how much they were spending on Zapier. So it's like you know I got an idea. Like they they can True, pay yeah. this much. Yeah, but now I, I'm realizing that this limit, this psychological limit, I had set for myself that they they wouldn't want to pay more than they pay for Webflow. Mm -hmm. That was a mistake, like because I think really I'm an alternative to Zapier. I'm not. It, it shouldn't matter how much they spend on Webflow. Right. Right. Yeah. And Zapier yeah, is yeah. so expensive. Like they're gonna spend hundreds of dollars on Zapier if they want to mm -hmm. do the equivalent mm -hmm. of what Power Importer does makes real sense do you have any goals um like what what are your goals for uh 2022 uh in in regards to power importer i i i want to create more importers so like right now mm -hmm. it's, it's mostly Airtable to webflow and csv to webflow mm -hmm. so i want to create a bunch of other ones so notion and wordpress substack like I mean, because I'm in the community, I'm seeing all these other demands show up. Right, right. Mm -hmm. What What about uh, in the business, business-wise? Like, uh, how many? I can see here that you have like Subway, Tefal, Microbrave. All of these are your customers already, right? Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was I was surprised, like that. You know, it was a designer that was designing a, a this site for Subway, like. Oh, wow. 
Like, okay. you, you know, I, you'd be surprised. Like a lot of these big corporations, they mm -hmm. have more than one website, right? They have like so many different websites. Yeah. So they'll have a website for recruiting, a website for uh, human resources. Mm -hmm. And they have multiple different uh, teams working on it. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, they'll, they'll hire an agency for one project or they'll do another one internally. How much are you making actually? Is, is that something you can share or no actually i don't i don't numbers? share i don't share numbers like mm -hmm. i know like a lot of people share numbers when they're building in public it's not about the money for me like right. for some people it's about the money it's about it's really about the hustle and i want to make my numbers grow and for me it's it's about lifestyle so the only thing well, i care about mm -hmm. is can i am i living the lifestyle i want right you know, is is it paying for that, that lifestyle? Yes, but then, for me, it's successful and it's. But then that's then it's about the money, right? Because a lifestyle has a cost uh, connected to it. Well, yeah, I mean, up, of, of course you're right. Like I need money, right? So like everything in life costs money, but some people it's it's actually about the money. You know, it's about right. the the exit that they're gonna do. You know, because mm. they're planning on selling the business. It's all about the money. Or or some people just love finding these opportunities of using arbitrage to make money. Like for them, it's it's all about the money. Like it's like a game. It's like I want right, to, right, right. Yeah. Whenever they find an opportunity to make money, they like get excited about it. Me, I get excited about building. Like and, mm -hmm. and that's part of the lifestyle like that I want. I just want to build stuff. Right. Like every day like <laughs> until i'm in my <laughs> 80s and 90s like so so the the as long as there's enough money to pay the bills for me to do that then mm -hmm. that's all i care about so is it is it already somehow close to a uh, to the salary you're making as a software engineer yeah i mean yeah my all my expenses are paid for so mm. i mean that's yeah that's uh, already great <laughs> for me and that's uh, <laughs> uh, i i, I Quite often ask about the money, but I I also don't have this mindset that I want to be a billionaire or whatever. I just want to uh, cover my expenses, um, and, and uh, yeah. So I think more than covering your expenses, yeah, to support the lifestyle that that you want, and I think that's uh, it's really important. So, how automated is um, Power Importer at the moment? Like, can you take vacation? Can you take sick days? Uh, or do you always need to have one eye in in the dashboard? I mean, the only thing that's not automated is customer support. So sometimes there will be, like customers will have problems and I need to walk them through it. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm able to, I'm able to do that even if I'm camping or like, you know, I, I just bring my cell phone and my, my laptop with me. Right. So. so you need always to bring that it's 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 not you cannot fully disconnect can you no exactly like i always i always need to be able to check once a day like for customer support emails mm -hmm. so is that uh, okay in the lifestyle you want to create or do you do you aim towards having the possibility to also fully disconnect yeah for now for now it's fine like i i like it because every every opportunity like that to talk to a customer is is, is valuable like it, you know, it mm. shows me that I'm I'm creating value, that I'm solving their problems. Like, you know, they're all super grateful when I'm helping helping them. So that, and it, it is it is part of the fuel that drives me. Right. Yeah. But I but I definitely yeah. As the company grows, the support is going to grow. <laughs> so at one point, I will have to start outsourcing that. Right. And um, uh, and then yeah, then it would be nice to be able to really disconnect. But then you left to start managing people. Yeah, exactly. That's another problem. <laughs> Is it uh, something that worries you? Um, I've never done it before. Like mm -hmm. I've never outsourced anything, so it's uh, it it would be hard. I have a hard mm -hmm. time letting go. What what keeps you up at night? What what are the the problems that uh, take your sleep? Uh, nothing. <laughs> I sleep super well. <laughs> <laughs> I sleep super well, but it, when I wake up in the morning, like I'm like wide awake and I'm ready to to start. Super the day. motivated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I, yeah. The second that I'm awake, I don't I don't try to fall back asleep. It's like I get up, go make some coffee, and so you get, have no worries. 
There's no, no worries with your product. Nothing that says, okay, I should do this or nothing. Um, no, I mean, yeah, there's definitely, like, I feel like there's so much I want to do and I'm not getting it all done. Like, that's that's my worries. And, and of course, I'm worried. For like, Power well, Importer. Yeah, for Power Importer. And I have all these other ideas for other products outside of Power Importer. So mm. I do I do feel like, oh, my God, there's so much I want to get done and I'm not getting it done. Do you feel that now with your next products you'll be able um, to to have, to find the success because you found it once you can find it again or it's, it's not like that? I mean, I, I think so for the for the other ideas that I have, like I th I think it will be as easy as Power Importer because it has that same recipe. Hmm. It's like demand driven. It's in a niche. It's B two B. Right, right, right. Have you tried anything else? Uh, uh, after Power Importer, uh, I mean, I see here, for instance, Member Row, um, that you said that it's not as successful as you. As yeah, you I mean, Member Row, I I never actually uh, launched it to any customers yet. So, like, I mm. I built a prototype, I talked to a lot of customers, so there's definitely like there's interest for it, uh, but then I I had to put it aside to to work on Power Importer. There's like mm -hmm. too many things that were nagging me about Power yeah. Importer that needed to be finished. So I had to put it on hold, like. But yeah. I'm still getting I'm still getting leads like that are coming in to the early adopt, like the mm -hmm. early access. So I, I I know that there's still demand for it. Yeah. So since Power Importer, there's nothing else that you have built and you're trying to maintain. No, at the moment. No, okay. and before mm -hmm. Power Importer, there was plenty, but <laughs> we should probably keep that for another episode. Yes. yes. <laughs> There's lots of lots of failures and yeah. Before Power Importer, did you add this formula to have a to to build a product? S sort of like my my very first one. It was demand driven. It was in a niche, but it was B two C. Right. Uh, so that was that was the biggest problem. Like, uh -huh. like it, it was a success. Like it allowed me to to live the lifestyle I wanted to live, but uh, it was it it was much slower growth mm -hmm. and higher churn and it was not easy <laughs> okay yeah mark thank you so much uh for the time and for sharing a little bit of uh, your journey there's a lot of things that i've learned from you here and i think i think this little formula is definitely the key <laughs> learning of, of this chat i think it's really really right. important <laughs> well uh, i hope so i hope it <laughs> helps other people exactly mark i will um link uh, your uh, Twitter profile and uh, Power Importer in the show notes. I, you also have um, a podcast. Um, yeah, that's do you want right. to quickly speak about it as well? Yeah, I mean, that's that's it. I, it's me and another founder, another indie hacker. So so he's, he's trying to find his very first product idea. Okay. Uh, so it's just a weekly podcast where we, you know, we talk about our progress. Like, so what I'm working on, uh, what experiments I'm testing out and the results and same thing with him like so we we try to dig in like he's trying to find the problem the solution the mm -hmm. the market so yeah it's a great way if you just want to ride along here two founders working mm -hmm. in public it's called start, start up, up to, to something. something that's right start yeah. up to something and yeah, yeah and otherwise my dms are open on twitter so if anybody has questions or they want to brainstorm some ideas like i'm, always, I'm always yeah exactly <laughs> i'm always open for talking with people i love it it's funny that you really have the the personality of a judo uh, athlete you know <laughs> super chilled super calm always like, <laughs> seriously i could i could write a book about how judo has made me a better entrepreneur i think this would be a really cool book i think yeah. you should definitely at least write write some tweets about it. I think that would be super cool. I would love to write some tweet threads. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> threads. All right, Mark. Um, thank you very much. Yeah, it was my pleasure. It was lots of fun. And uh, for the listeners now, if uh, you want to hear other interviews with other bootstrappers, entrepreneurs, you can go to wannabe-entrepreneur.com and uh, there's many, many interviews for you. I'm sure you'll learn a lot. And if you are feeling uh, lonely or you want to meet other like-minded people, get support from other bootstrappers and entrepreneurs, 
you can join our WBE space, a virtual co-working space for bootstrappers. And if you do, you'll be also supporting this podcast. I'm looking forward to see you there. And this was another wannabe entrepreneur. See you next time.